It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you on January 8th, a Monday, uh, just 14 days away from the LA Galaxy opening up preseason and just 55 days away from the very first match of the 2018 calendar for the LA Galaxy. A lot of stuff uh, looks like it's getting ready to break loose. Uh, we have a bunch of things to talk about, including uh, Jossie Zardes getting called up to the U.S. men's national team. Uh, talk a little bit about Sebastian Legette, Ola Kamara, uh, maybe some jersey unveil information, a little MLS draft, and of course uh, some players that will be joining the LA Galaxy here shortly. Helping me do that is uh, is our intrepid reporter. He is located within his home office this time, so uh, I, I think he's actually going to be uh, somewhat useful to us on this occasion. Mr. Kevin Baxter, how's it going, Kevin? Don't ever call me useful again. <laughs> I'm writing USC football from my home office again today, but before we get to all that useless soccer stuff, let's talk about the important news. The the Corner of the Galaxy co-mascots, both kind of a little bit under the weather. I was going to say, my so my dog, uh, if any of you have been Piper? Following, yeah, Piper. Uh, you've seen her. If you've seen her on the live show, sometimes she curls up on a chair behind me whenever she's uh, at the office here with me. Um, she decided to eat uh, uh, the the whole chicken, except there wasn't any chicken left. It was just the bones. Uh, there was a, there's an X-ray of her stomach just filled with chicken bones, which, if you're not a dog person, is not a good thing to have happen for a dog. So this was on Friday. Uh, the vet said, "Well, you have two choices. Um, we either do emergency surgery or she dies." So we did emergency surgery. So uh, yeah, little uh, Piper mascot there. Uh, she she's doing okay. Uh, seems to be somewhat recovered. Is completely medicated out of her mind right now. It sits up and just sort of stares off into space, all goofy like. It's pretty it's pretty humorous. But uh, I think she'll make a full recovery. But nonetheless, it was a. It was a, a an entertaining weekend to say the least uh, for uh, for my wife and I with the with the dog and then your dog as well. Not you know you you had emergency surgery not too long ago, right? And and Piper has the cone of shame on, or it's supposed to have the cone of shame on. We won't tell your veterinarian that that you've the, taken it off. That's right. My dog had a tumor. Um, my dog is twelve pounds. Was twelve pounds lighter now. Had a a tumor the size of a navel orange, which if you're only 11 or 12 pounds is pretty big. Uh, she had that taken out actually right around Thanksgiving. Um, my dog's name is Chicharita because she is a female and she does look a lot like Chicharito. So <laughs> it's a soccer name. Piper, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to guess it comes from the kind of planes you used to fly. I, well, it, wasn't, it was at least a plane I know of. I did not fly a Piper okay. Cub, but her real name is Piper Cub. That is where it comes from. And, and also, you know, on a little, I, I hate to just start this podcast off with, you know, bad dog news, but uh, Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, and obviously Larry's been in here so many times and has been so helpful uh, here on the podcast and has been, you know, uh, somewhat of a mentor to me as well. Um, he just lost his dog. So uh, Zeus, who was 12 years old and a boxer, uh, unfortunately, uh, departed this good earth. And so, Larry, we wish you and the family all the best. We, we send our heartfelt condolences. Uh, but so far, I, I think I, I need to warn everybody, all the other co-hosts, that they need to like put bubble wrap around their dogs. Yes, take care of the dogs. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go back now that we've spent a good three minutes talking yes. about our dogs. Spe speaking of dogs, let's talk about the galaxy. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the LA Galaxy. Uh, the first thing that's on everybody's mind, or at least the first thing that hit this morning, was Giossi's artist gets called up to the U.S. men's national team. Now, Kevin, I've spent most of the day, while I was supposed to be working doing my real job, uh, I spent most of the day on, on my fake job on Twitter arguing with people who say that Giossi's artist doesn't deserve to be in this U.S. men's national team. Uh, and then I also had to spend the the uh, uh, another large portion of that day uh, arguing that uh, Giassi's artist isn't lazy and that's why he's bad. All right, so oh. so those are the two things that I spent most of my day beating my head against my desk trying to just figure out where people get some of this crap from. Now, actually, that's not true. You spent most of your day sleeping because you had to get up at two and three and four in the morning to take Piper Cub out that's to right. uh, do its business. Um, Here's what I'll say about that. I, I think it's a strange call-up because Jossi's uh, 27. He has 37 caps with the national team, more than anyone else. 15 of the 30 players called in for this camp, which begins at the Stub Hub Center on the 10th. 
15 of the 30 players have no international experience with the U.S. men's senior team. This is the start of the next four-year World Cup cycle. A lot of young players being called in, a lot of guys getting their first look. Um, Giassi is proven. I mean, he's been around the national team and the entire national team coaching staff as of right now are all former Galaxy coaches, so they know him well. So it, it was odd in, in that way. On the other hand, though, if you're a Galaxy fan, I think this looks pretty good. First of all, they called him in as a midfielder, and we'll see if Ziggy Schmidt notices that. They did not call Jossian as a forward, which is where the Galaxy, when they weren't playing him at right back, they continued to play him as a forward. Uh, he really seems to do well out wide with the national team as a midfielder, and, and that's what Dave Sarakin has him being in this camp. Um, the other thing is, is I think Giassi has played and trained way better with the national team than he has with the Galaxy over the past two seasons at least. So this may be a, a pretty good way. He got hurt last year in camp, but assuming he doesn't get hurt this year, this may be a pretty good way to jumpstart his MLS campaign. And he may come into camp. He's going to miss the first week of Galaxy camp, maybe first week plus. He may come into camp kind of riding some momentum. This may actually be turn out to be a very good thing for the Galaxy. I, I, and the other thing is I know Giassi felt good at the end of last season working with Dominic Kinnear. He did not like playing uh, on the back line, but the work that he did with Dominic Kinnear uh, as a forward, as a goal scorer, as an attacking player, he felt uh, he was doing drills he had never done before and, and thought maybe he had come close to figuring something out. So I'm going to be positive. I'm going to look at this call-up to say it gives Giassi a little bit of momentum. It gives him some confidence. He's going to be back with the coaches under whom he succeeded um, so I'm going to say this is a good thing. Yeah, this is this is my take on it, and this is where I've been arguing the whole day, is that it doesn't really matter, Kevin. Uh, this camp means relatively nothing. As you said, a bunch of guys where they have no uh, you know, U.S. men's national team experience, um, a bunch of guys who are, who are younger than him, uh, this is a chance for him to get out there, to run around, to do his thing, and it, it has almost zero effect on the U.S. men's national team, and, I mean, potentially has zero effect on the L.A. Galaxy. This is the... The LA Galaxy team, obviously, Kevin, you and I have talked about that have been had, that has been shopping Giassi Zardis since at least the summertime, uh, trying to get rid of him. And I, to my knowledge, has found absolutely no one willing to take him. Uh, maybe the five hundred and seventy-seven thousand dollars salary scares some people away. Uh, maybe it's the fact that uh, his twenty seventeen season was so abysmal, which it certainly could be. But, you know, the people out there saying, well, they should get rid of Jossie's artist while he still has value, I'd certainly question what value you think he has, being they've been shopping him for a while. Um, and the and the other part of the, about this is, again, it doesn't really matter to the U.S. men's national team right now. I mean, nothing... People are saying maybe he took somebody else's spot. Maybe there's an argument there. I'm certainly not going to sit there and, and say other things. But for Giassi's artist, this is a good thing for Giassi. Let him do whatever he wants to do. He needs to, if the LA Galaxy can't get rid of him, Kevin, which is going to be an interesting, you know, sort of thing. Right now, I think you and I are both leaning towards the fact that they they won't be able to move him and that he will be playing for the LA Galaxy in 2018. And if that's the case, how does that relationship get repaired between Giassi's artist and the LA Galaxy, knowing very well and widely reported that he's been shopped over and over and over again since basically the summertime? Well, as to the argument of that he took someone's place, there's 15 players that never played for the national team. Is there some AYSO midfielder out there I don't know of that should have been called in? So, yeah, I, I don't know that really that we're 16 non-capped players deep of people that should be in this cap camp. Uh, as far as the other thing, I've seen it happen, again, you know, referencing other sports where guys are, um, you know, management generally does a really good job in trying to keep that stuff secret in any sport. The last thing a player wants to know is that he is expendable. Um, it, it just does a real thing on their psyche and confidence. So the fact that it's, it's out there, the fact that it's well known, the fact that we have you know, we know going back to May of last season that they were trying to, to move him. So Giassi's looking at two different things here. If he's paying attention to that, and, and I don't, I mean, I think he can put it in the back of his mind, but he, he definitely knows about it, and it definitely bothers him. There's two things to this. The Galaxy want to move on without him. You know, he, you know, he's played, he's worn out his welcome here, whatever you want to call it. But no one else in MLS wants him. So that's kind of a double whammy. Uh, you know, on on Giassi's artists, um, and you know, it, it's it's from a confidence standpoint and everything else. I think it's going to be uh, really tough to overcome. I do want to say one other thing quickly about the national team because you talk about you arguing in social media. I personally have heard from everyone but Donald Trump on Twitter uh, since my column ran this weekend about Dave Sarakin and 
the the point of the column was not to say that Dave Sarakin, uh, the former Galaxy assistant, should be the next national team coach. In fact, I, I strongly believe that he will not be. My point was that he has done a yeoman's job in trying to hold this thing together, uh, you know, as the U.S. Soccer Federation looks for a new president. You know, he's really treading water trying to keep this thing going. I think he's done a good job and he's been very loyal and he hasn't said a curse word about anybody. And I think he deserves to re be rewarded in that. I know that he applied or he talked to St. Louis University about a job there. Um, and I believe that he wants to remain with U.S. soccer and maybe some sort of a training or coaching capacity uh, beyond being the national team head coach. So that I think he should be rewarded for what he's done. And my point was that he should be taken care of, that he shouldn't be just cast aside. But another interesting thing about the national team, because Dave has also come under some fire uh, for Jonathan Gonzalez announcing that he is going to seek a change of allegiance with FIFA and play for the Mexican team. Now, he is play, he's an 18-year-old midfielder from Santa Rosa, California, plays for Monterey in the Liga MX, is a holding midfielder. Um, again, 18 years old, would have uh, you know come up with Pulisic, presumably, if he had played for the U.S. team. Net, played for all the junior teams, never played for the senior national team. Anyway, so he, he did, he's not called into this camp, which he couldn't have been anyways. It's not a FIFA window. He stays in Monterey and decides he's going to have a change of allegiance and go to the Mexican team. And people were giving Sarakin, Dave Sarakin a hard time for that, too, because he didn't call him up for the Portugal game, the, the friendly in November, uh, when U.S. soccer started to move beyond the World Cup uh, disqualification. Here's what I know about that. I know that uh, the U.S. considered calling him up. I know that Bruce Arena, who resigned two weeks after the loss to Trinidad and was not around for the the Portugal friendly. I know that Dave or that Bruce Arena rather spent a lot of time talking to Jonathan. He wasn't called up for that game for a couple of reasons. One is I think maybe the U.S. wanted to look at some other players, but also quietly the word is quietly Monterey had asked the U.S. not to call him up and have him fly to Portugal for a meaningless friendly when they weren't going to play a competitive game for a couple of years. Anyways, they wanted to keep him back in Monterey with the team. The U.S. Federation had the right to to overrule. Monterey. It was a FIFA date. They could have called Jonathan Gonzalez in. They decided not to. They decided to play nice with Monterey. Uh, apparently, that was one of the things that got Jonathan Gonzalez a little upset. He said he never heard an explanation from US, uh, the U.S. Soccer Federation. So he took the fact that they didn't come up for that game, the fact that the U.S. Uh, doesn't have a competitive game for a couple of years, will not be going to the World Cup, and Mexico is going to the World Cup, and he is a contender for a spot on that roster. All of those things came together and convinced him that a change of allegiance to play for Mexico was the best thing for him. Had nothing to do with save, to, with Dave Sarakan, really not much to do with U.S. soccer. So um, that's a very long explanation, but that's been all over Twitter today. <laughs> that's uh, what that's what you've been spending your time on. And I just that's want, what I've been spending my time on. That yes. it, it's Jesse Gonzalez because you were saying Jonathan in there a couple times. Jesse Gonzalez, right? Jesse. Uh, Jesse Gonzalez. Yes, Jesse Gonzalez or Jonathan Gonzalez. Jonathan Gonzalez. Is Jesse it? Gonzalez. Yes. Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure. I was I was I, I thought you fluctuated back and forth. It could be my mind here because again, I was doing like seven different things on that. Okay, you're good. As long as you uh you got it, uh I'm good, you're good. Uh all right, so here's here, How, however, yes. I, I I think you're thinking of Jesse Gonzalez. Gonzalez the goalkeeper. goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. am in my mind. I, I made that mistake too. And, no, this is Jonathan Gonzalez, who is a midfielder. And and I know they're different people at the very beginning. All right, so I don't want to hear any crap from people. I knew they were it was just it's been a long weekend for me, so I'm still trying they to all, they all sound the same to you. Oh yes, there it is. <laughs> I was waiting for it. All right, uh anyway, an update as well. Uh some people asking why Sebastian Legette not called into this U.S. men's national team camp as well. Listen, as, as far as I know, and I checked in uh, just recently, as, as recently as last week, is that uh, Sebastian Legette is perfectly on track for everything that's going to happen. Uh, he'll be back I I with the LA Galaxy whenever they open up preseason on the 22nd. Um, there's no issues there. It's just that with Legette, they're thinking there's no reason to call him in right now. Let him go back to MLS. Let him get the touches there. Let him do his thing, and uh, and you know that'll be good. And if he gets call-ups in subsequent uh, U.S. men's national team uh, games or friendlies or anything else, that's fine. But for right now, there's no reason to rush Legette into that when he hasn't been playing for a very, very long time, almost a year now, uh, whenever we get to it. So, so there's nothing wrong with Sebastian Legette. Everything looks like it's on track. Uh, if you've been watching on Instagram and everything else, the guy has been training hard. It looks like he's ready to go. So I, I don't anticipate any setbacks or any problems with Sebastian Legette. He will be there for camp when it opens. So 
Um, And and, and you make a good point that that U.S. soccer could have called him in. They had the definite right to do that. But, you know, sometimes you need to pump the brakes a little bit on the on the on the um, criticism of U.S. soccer. Granted, they deserve a lot of criticism. But in the case of Jonathan Gonzalez, Monterey said, hey, please, could you guys just let us hold on to him? And U.S. soccer went along and said, "Okay, yeah, that's a reasonable request. My guess is the Galaxy probably talked to U.S. soccer if that conversation ever took place and said, hey, you know what? Um, this guy's just coming back. We really need him in camp. We got a new coach. Ziggy never coached Sebastian Legette. Um, right. He's never coached him at all. He was hurt when when Ziggy took over the reins of the team. So uh, my guess is there was a conversation there that took place and where the Galaxy said, hey, you know, can we have him in camp? And U.S. soccer said, yeah, why not? You know, it doesn't make any difference to us. So sometimes you look at that and you say, oh, well, Sebastian's hurt or Jonathan Gonzalez was overlooked. Sometimes there's a little bit more to it than that. And, and sometimes... In the case, definitely in the case of Sebastian Legette, I think um, U.S. soccer was looking at what's in the best interest for this player. Not for us, not for U.S. soccer, for this 17-day training camp, but what's in the best interest of the player. And I think they made the right call. Well, and in most cases, I mean, this U.S. men's national team training camp in January is called Camp Cupcake for a reason. It, it really doesn't have a huge sort of impact on what happens down the road. The Granted, it is a great opportunity for usually MLS-based players uh, to make appearances and to get some time with the national team, and, and that's how it goes. But right now, it's not important for Sebastian Legette to be there and to be doing that. So, th- so that makes some sense. But you have... We, we sort of connect this in, in weird ways, and I sort of want to get this out because you talked about Dave Sarakin, obviously former LA Galaxy coach. Uh, Pat Noonan, former LA Galaxy assistant coach. Uh, you have uh, Kenny Arena, former uh, LA Galaxy assistant coach. I mean, these are all guys who are with the U.S. men's national team and know both of these players with Jossie's artists and Sebastian Legette, but I think you have news that they may not 100% be sticking around with the U.S. men's national team. Right. Well, Kenny Arena, who is the son of the big kahuna, Bruce Arena, is uh, about to announce that he is going to LAFC, where he will be an assistant. Now, it's interesting that uh, I count three LA Galaxy or LAFC assistants, and I haven't seen a goalkeeper coach yet. So that makes them uh, have one of the largest staffs in MLS. That they, along with Toronto, have uh, very large staffs. It's interesting, too, that Bob Bradley, the coach at uh, LAFC, has known Kenny Arena almost since the day he was born. Uh, since he's a very uh, close friend of Bruce Arena and was on his staff in a couple of places. So um, that's where Kenny Arena is going to go. I understand Pat Noonan is about to go to Philadelphia. Um, they lost their assistant coach to LAFC. So Kenny or, uh, uh, Pat Noonan will be uh, filling that vacancy there. I have not heard any news on where Matt Reese may go, the goalkeeper coach with the Galaxy and now the U.S. national team, uh, whether he decides to stay uh, with the national team, I mean, these guys are signed through uh, the end of March. So they may be re-signed. They have jobs to the end of March. He may decide to just stick around. Yeah, you'll. We'll, uh, it, it's just more interesting LA Galaxy news to sort of see how that has all broken down since uh, Bruce Arena took his entire staff and gone everywhere. So a little U.S. men's national team news mixed in there with uh, a little bit uh, LA Galaxy and, uh, and, and some league-wide news as well. So there you go. Let's uh, move on now to uh, the LA Galaxy search for a striker. Uh, although it looks more and more likely that Giassi's artist may be the starting uh, number nine up top for the LA Galaxy in 2018, um, as again it ticks closer and closer to preseason. And Siggy Schmidt, as Kevin, you've reported many times, said many times on the show, would love to have all of his pieces in place. And I imagine he means all of the big, important pieces that he needs to have by the beginning of camp. And with 14 days left as we record this show, uh, he's starting to run out of time. So if Giassi's artist is that it's striker, he, that's where he'll go. If not, there is some news along the striker front, and it's something that came out just after uh, we recorded the Thursday night podcast, um, and that was that Ola Kamara, Columbus Crew's Ola Kamara, and Justin Miram both said they want out of Columbus and have been asked to be moved. Um, this is interesting news for the LA Galaxy in terms of going after a striker, Kevin, obviously, because the Galaxy have been linked and, and I can tell you with exact certainty, the LA Galaxy were interested and still are interested in Ola Kamara from the Columbus crew. They were interested in him before this even came out. And Kevin, you and I talked, I think, uh, last Monday about uh, Ola Kamara and the fact that it seemed like his agent was driving a lot of this. Um, but we were also talked about that, and I think we were on the right track when we talked about it, of how the LA, of how 
Kamara may have been using his agent in order to do something that he still wanted to be buddy-buddy with the team and make the agent the bad guy, but while the agent was out there sort of shopping him, and it seems that that is, in fact, the case, that he wants out of Columbus and that the LA Galaxy do have some interest in that. Well, this is sort of the flip side of the Giassi's artist thing. I mean, the way you talk about the way Kamara is handling this, if, in fact, that scenario is true, if, in fact, the agent is the bad cop and Kamara is saying, hey, look, you know, I'm not unhappy, because what if it doesn't happen? What if he doesn't get moved? Then he goes to Columbus and say, okay, you guys are my concession team. You know, I'll play for you guys. So you know, he, he can go to camp with a straight face and say, I always wanted to stay here. That was my agent. Whether it's true or not, I mean, it gives him sort of a little fallback position. But um, you and I have competing sources, and, and I think that you feel very confident in your source, and it's and it's a very good one. Um, and uh, his story had uh, multiple people saying the same thing. I was told during the Cotton Bowl, right after the Cotton Bowl, by a reporter from Ohio that he had talked to sources high up in the Columbus uh, uh, hierarchy and said they were not interested in Giassi that that was not going to happen. Right. These were people with, with galaxy ties that knew Giassi well. Um, but they also, that was where the whole idea of Kamara's agent driving this was coming from. And this reporter told me that his understanding was Kamara did want to, to stay in Columbus. So whether, again, it's good cop, bad cop, this guy totally bought the Kool-Aid on that one and decided that Kamara wanted to stay there. But it does seem, no matter who you're talking to, it does seem that Giassi's artist to Columbus crew, first reported by Steve Goff, it does seem to be dead. Yeah, it doesn't see Well, it doesn't have a ton of legs. I mean, I could see a possibility that if Ola Kamara was going to come to the LA Galaxy, that Giassi's artist and a whole bunch of Tam uh, might be considered uh, as a trade possibility. You, it, It's not going to be straight up, so stop coming at me with those straight up trade. I just... I'm I'm getting to the point now, Kevin, in the in the off season where I want to start slapping people. All right, so and it's it's the people who make ridiculous uh, trade rumors or who ask me to predict starting lineups six months in advance uh, through the group stage of World Cups. Uh, those those are the people who who ex who sort of get on my nerves right now. But it, it, this whole thing is that if they're going after Ola Kamara, uh, I would expect Tam to be involved uh, because the LA Galaxy do have, I think, a plethora of targeted allocation money. And in this particular case, if you're going to move uh, for Kamara possibly you could throw Giassi's artist in on that deal, reduce the TAM by a little bit, or maybe you'd have to increase the TAM. Who knows how exactly that would work? But I could see a package deal for that. But having that said that, I don't feel like any of that is going to happen or is on the precipice of happening. I think there is still a chance on Kamara for the LA Galaxy. So if you were looking for a striker, if you want to know what the latest striker news is, that's your focus right now. Because any other rumor that's out there, to me, doesn't have any heat to it whatsoever. And in fact, there, there aren't even that many rumors out there in terms of the LA Galaxy and a striker. Uh, uh, Britt and I were talking on Thursday, Kevin, about how it would be a failure for the LA Galaxy to, in, in my mind, uh, it would be a failure for the LA Galaxy not to acquire a striker in this offseason. Uh, it, it's one of their main, I think, the, the biggest holes they have remaining, and we're going to fill some of the uh, some of the big holes that I, I know some of you are screaming about, goalkeeper and some other things. Uh, we're going to fill some of those here in, in a couple minutes, so hang on. Um, but the biggest hole remaining right now is the fact that they don't have what I consider a, a dangerous striker, um, and if they're going to rely on Giassi Zardes again, I think that you can't be surprised if they have... Uh, poor results again, because uh, not a ton has changed in that attack for me to say, hey, everything's going to be different. You're going to add Sebastian Legette in there, but in, in my mind, you haven't gotten significantly better in the attacking role if Giossi's artist is your number nine right now. Well, and, you know, if you want to, uh, I guess it's never too early to start this. Um, if you want to talk about, uh, you know, comparison, it's going to happen all season, right? So let's start it now. Comparison with... Uh, the Galaxy and LAFC, you know, LAFC has signed three pretty decent strikers. I mean, two really good ones in, in Vela and Diego Rossi. And then they got uh, Marco Urena from San Jose, who's not bad, had a good season last year. So LAFC was able to find three strikers. Granted, two of them DPs, I get it. But they were the point is they were able to make it work. Uh, and the galaxy seems to be spinning its wheels. Yeah, or or not, or or stuck in park. It doesn't feel. I don't feel like there's a whole bunch reaching out. But that all changes in a heartbeat as soon as they announce a signing that they snuck in under the radar on us, Kevin. So I mean, I, I again, I said that I would give give the galaxy an absolute failing grade in this off season if they don't pick up a striker. Uh, there's a caveat to that, which is that there's a chance that they could be waiting for after the World Cup and the summer transfer window, and that's not a horrible strategy in my opinion. 
Um, you have they, I know they have a bunch of TAM. So if you're not going to get the exact player you want, do you struggle through the beginning half of the season, try to make that work? That, that may make some more sense. And it, it's a horrible thing to sort of put in front of Galaxy fans who I think have been more than patient. Uh, the LA Galaxy knew that they needed a striker, but if you're not going to get... Listen, Jonathan Dos Santos came in because the LA Galaxy couldn't get a striker and he was a fallback position. All right, that's that's Jonathan Dos Santos. And granted, he's I think he's going to be a really good player for the LA Galaxy in 2018. But that's the kind of decision you make whenever you settle for a signing. So I'm not sure the LA Galaxy want to settle for anything and waiting for people to come off a World Cup because lots of guys are hesitant to move in this winter transfer window before a World Cup, and you can understand why. If they could possibly move after the World Cup, there might be more options available in a much bigger transfer window uh, than the winter transfer window is. Well, yeah. let's take a look at that. I mean, I, first of all, if they do that, I think they're conceding the season because um, they're coming off the worst season in franchise history. The team still looks to me to be the way it is right now. It's better, but I, I still think it's poorly constructed. I still think there's some needs, especially as you mentioned up front. So if they do that, I think they're conceding this season. Um, but on the good side, I mean, I, I don't know how, exactly how long Giassi's artist contract is, but I, I, I assume it's going to expire at the end of this next season. They're going to get rid of Siani at the end of the next season. All of a sudden, they're going to have some some roster room. They're going to have uh, you know international spot open. They're going to have some money. Um, and as you say, a lot of players after the World Cup, they're not going to move before the World Cup. Um, because they need to stay playing, you know, the top flight European competition and, and they need to sort of keep that. Remember the, the, the European season ends in May and the World Cup starts in June. MLS season doesn't even start until March. So it's very it's a very smart idea to stay with the European teams or even a Mexican team if possible. Um, so all that works out good. But what you're saying is, is players will become available. A lot of players will become available. Big name players will become available, including the one that my dog is named after is likely to become available, although I'm told he's leaning heavily toward Atlanta at this point. That would be Chicharito. So I think that is a good strategy. And I think the Galaxy, uh, they did it last time when they got, as you mentioned, they got Jonathan Dos Santos. They got Gio in, in the summer transfer window. They got Steven Gerrard in the summer transfer window. So they've done that in the past. And I think that would, I think they could get a really, really good player. But I would argue that if they wait until the season's more than halfway over uh, and get a guy that's probably not going to play until August, that they probably have written this season off. MLS, you don't need to even play the first half of games. Don't you know that's what everybody says? You just have to get hot in the second half, Kevin. So it doesn't even matter. That's first half. That's, that, I don't know. Yeah. By, by the way, another name that came up, I have heard, yeah, I know you have too, Cristiano Ronaldo wants to leave <laughs> Madrid. He's yes. Paris Saint-Germain and maybe the EPL and third on that list. This is the LA hope Galaxy. It, hope it's a different Distant third for him. Third on that list is the LA Galaxy, and I'm sure they got 38 million or so lying around that they could give to him without batting an eye. I, I think that if Cristiano Ronaldo said that they wanted to come to the LA Galaxy, that AEG makes it happen. I mean, I li listen. I, I know that that sounds crazy and ridiculous, but I, I really truly believe that that happens if it wants to happen. Now, you want to go way back. I'm talking four or five years. There has been a consistent, ongoing rumor that Cristiano Ronaldo has said many times that he wants to come play for the LA Galaxy. It's not completely out of left field. You kind of understand where he's coming from. I don't know how much that changes now that there's another team in Los Angeles and perhaps a team with a nice stadium uh, with the downtown location. Maybe that switches some things, and I'm being perfectly honest with that. Maybe that does. But there has been a rumor for a considerable amount of time and one that I don't think is as far-fetched as people really wanted to believe that Cristiano Ronaldo, at some point in his career, could end up with the LA Galaxy. Does that mean that it's happening uh, coming up this summer or, <laughs> or in the next couple of years? Probably not. Um, but it's not it's not totally ridiculous. I think if you said, Kevin, you know, uh, a year before David Beckham showed up uh, to the LA Galaxy, if you said David Beckham's going to come to the LA Galaxy, people would say that's ridiculous. That's never going to happen. You know, that, that type of thing. So I, I don't want to say never, and I also don't want to get your hopes up, but at the same time, there could be, there. that has been ongoing for a very, very long time. I don't know if anything has ever changed, but it's at least uh, in within the realm, in my mind, of a possibility. And if it happened, I believe the AEG would open up the checkbook and it would just be whatever it would be and you'd trade whoever you needed to trade. And it doesn't matter what you do because you do whatever you have to do in order to get a player like that um, with a star that size. And then you have to also uh, build the expansion on, uh, on StubHub Center because you're going to need more seats. 
So. Well, I, I definitely think if, if anyone could do it, it's AEG. I just don't see this happening. This is way too far-fetched for me right at this at this point in time. He's playing much much too well to make that kind of a move. He's making way too much money. The, there's a huge ego involved, way bigger than David Beckham's ego uh, ever dreamed of being. However, I will say that I know that, that Ronaldo has this kid in, in English school, teaching him English. I believe he has a house, as Chicharito does, in Miami, um, and, you know, his goal always was to go play for his former teammate, David Beckham, in Miami. It looks like that that club is still stalled. Yes. So, uh, you know, Beckham's set number two favorite club in MLS is the Galaxy. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's made some introductions. And there have been conversations. I just don't see it happening. I, I think perhaps he will wind up in MLS at some point. I just don't think now's the time. All right, let's uh, let's move on from the completely out of possibilities to the guys, the LA Galaxy are signing. I know it's information that everybody was sort of waiting for. It is information now that can be confirmed, Kevin. I think Jeffrey Carlisle came out with a report. You, you were able to independently confirm that report, uh, but uh, Carrasco and Bingham look like they will sign for the LA Galaxy and have signed for the LA Galaxy, and those announcements should be coming out this week. So the LA Galaxy have a goalkeeper. Uh, I told everybody not to panic about that. I, I figured that it would eventually happen. Uh, but it looks like David Bingham will be the uh, be the goalkeeper and the number one starter for the LA Galaxy in 2018. And then uh, Servando Carrasco um, will be coming uh, to the LA Galaxy as well, uh, a little bit of a defensive midfielder for the LA Galaxy, a position they're not too deep at. Uh, did I get any of that wrong or incorrect there, Kevin? No, kudos to Jeff Carlisle at ESPN FC. He did break it. Um, uh, I confirmed it, as you said, I confirmed it independently, check with the Galaxy at first, they said no comment, and then I said, "Well, is this report wrong?" And then they confirmed it. Um, I did not uh, mention Jeff's name in my Twitter uh, in my tweet because I had independently confirmed it, and you're only you're limited to very few characters, and no one can make a tweet saying, like Donald Trump does. So I didn't even try. <laughs> anyway, uh, props to him for for breaking it. The Galaxy did confirm it, and so the, you know we talked about this before. I think a couple of weeks ago that it seemed like the Galaxy were not going to get rid of all three of its goalkeepers from last year without having a pretty good idea that they would be able to sign one of these guys they were going to go after. I think they probably felt pretty confident all along that we were going to get the Bingham deal done at least. And then uh, uh, Mr. Alex Morgan, as you said, coming in to yes. compete for that defensive midfield position. Another midfielder that's, what, a 73 midfielder by my count, I think, on the Galaxy roster they, right they, now. They have a lot of, not only defense, there aren't very many defensive midfielders. The only guy who plays that position, uh, and I've had this discussion many times, is Baggio Husidic, although he is not a defensive midfielder, he just plays there a lot. Um, so, so that's sort of, I think it's fine. It's, it is, in, in my opinion, it's a position of need. Yes, there are a million midfielders, but uh, having a defensive midfielder is, is probably okay. I will say that I don't believe... Well, first of all, let me toot my own horn. Uh, if you were following the Corner of the Galaxy rumor tracker, I believe that last week, uh, before the weekend, I updated to say that David Bingham and, and uh, Servando Carrasco were likely to sign with the LA Galaxy um, in this coming week. And so there we go. See, I got that one. I got that one right there, Kevin. That wasn't so bad. So that looks like that happened. Uh, the other thing that could be coming down, and this is not 100%, still, but it is something that I think everybody should keep an eye on. Perry Kitchen uh, may also be coming to the LA Galaxy. Uh, this is another defensive midfielder. He'll be coming. Uh, is he playing for Scotland right now? Or in Scotland right now? That's what I was trying to... You're on your way to Scotland. You could go, you could go I, check That's why I'm, I'm going to go over there to bring him back. That was sort of, that was the whole idea um, with that I am, which, by the way, may affect some podcasting coming up here in a little bit, but I'll keep everybody informed on it I'm, as I'm, I'm stalling to try to get to my uh, Perry Kitchen updates. That way I can give everybody um, sort of the, the latest um, and greatest when it comes to uh, Perry Kitchen. Uh, this is something that Jeff Carlisle originally reported that the Galaxy were going after uh, Randers FC, Perry Kitchen. He also played some time in Scotland, I think with Hearts is, is where, if I remember correctly. So uh, he's a holding defensive midfielder uh, and has uh, limited appearances with the U.S. men's national team, but has played for the U.S. at many different youth levels. So um, D.C. United own his rights. If I, I imagine that everything has progressed far enough that that is still a very real possibility that it comes down and that all of the all of the rights trading and things that have to be traded to D.C. United in order to acquire Perry Kitchen's rights will have been accomplished as well. So maybe it's 
it's $75,000 or $50,000 or something like that in, in some sort of allocation money. Um, but I would keep my eye on that as well. So if that all happens this week, you'll have three players all listed to the LA Galaxy roster. And if you get three players, three more players on the LA Galaxy roster, Kevin, that would be 20 total players. Uh, if you add Bingham and Carrasco, that's 18 and 19. You would have a full senior roster at 20 players. Not saying that everybody on here would be listed as a senior roster, but at least you can finally fill out a salary cap with your 20 players. And if those 20 players are it, um, in terms of you know what Siggy Schmidt's trying to do and what he was trying to do for camp, um, I always thought him bringing in all of the major pieces before January 22nd meant that he would have most of those senior roster spots filled. I think there's going to be some competition for some of the reserves. The spaces uh, 21 through 30 excuse me, 21 through 28, and then 29 and 30 are reserved for homegrown players. I think we've gone over that uh, a whole bunch as well. So there's there's ways to fill those spots and how you do it. But the 30 but is the max roster. I think you're missing the big news, though, which is the the um, what's the, the expansion of the National Women's Soccer League into Los Angeles because now that Carrasco is here, that means Alex Morgan is around. And if you look at the careers of those two, they both met each other at Cal Berkeley where they played there. Carrasco went to Seattle, which is where Alex Morgan went when she started her career. Then Carrasco made a couple of moves, wound up in Orlando, and Alex Morgan wound up getting her, herself traded to Orlando. So now that Carrasco is coming back to the West Coast to play in L.A., can a North or a uh, National Women's Soccer League franchise be far behind? The, Alex Morgan needs a place to play. The L.A. Galaxy have the only fully funded girls' academy uh, team in Major League Soccer, basically, it's fully funded by a Major League Soccer team. They are the only ones. They also have told me on many occasions that they have absolutely no interest in having an NWSL team. We know that Mia Hamm over at LAFC does have a huge interest uh, in possibly doing that. Does LAFC get an NWSL team? Does that sort of satisfy all those things as well? I would love to see the LA Galaxy step back into this market. Uh, I don't know if everybody remembers the LA Soul days. Um, I, I was around for a little bit of that and, and really enjoyed those games and would love to see uh, women's soccer come back to Los Angeles, however that happens. I just I just don't believe it's the LA Galaxy right now. Um, it doesn't feel... But I, I do know what you're saying is that it, it does seem to... She she does seem to to be able to, uh, to make things happen, uh, Alex Morgan does. So maybe she can get the NWSL team off the ground and, uh, and there at StubHub Center, um, and then we can have uh, women's soccer. And by the way, if there ever is an NWSL team that is LA Galaxy owned or or at StubHub Center and stuff like that. I, I believe this podcast would probably cover it as well. Um, well, why let me not? give you some a little bit of local women's soccer news that means nothing to anyone outside Santa Clarita, uh, which is where I live. But Dania Castaneros, who played for Venezuela, she finished third uh, or she finished in the top three for the FIFA Women's Player of the Year uh, award. She played for the Santa Clarita Blue Heat in a semi-pro league um, and for the Venezuelan national team. She's the first player not on a professional, fully professional team to finish in the top three for player of the year award. So um, there's something happening here with women's soccer. I think we, you know, uh, on a serious note, um, I, I think we deserve a team here. There's too much, you know, too many good players and, and too much good weather and too many good fans of the women's game to to have LA be a market without a team for too much longer. Yeah, I know it, Bar Barcelona's talked about it, yes, the real Barcelona. They've talked about coming into the National Women's Soccer League with a franchise of their own, but they've been talking about going to San Jose. So maybe they'll change their sights and come down here if Mia Hamm didn't get something done. I was gonna but I, but I, I digress. Right. Yeah, no, no, but it's it's interesting. I was going to say Barcelona is the other one. It's LAFC, the LA Galaxy, and Barcelona. And the LA Galaxy right now, from what I see, is still a stretch. And we've talked about that when talking about the uh, Girls Academy team. As well. So, anyway, that's where we sit right now. So, there could be a possibility of 20 total players on the LA Galaxy roster by the end of the week, uh, 18 and 19 for sure, with David Bingham and uh, Servando Carrasco in at the numbers 18 and 19, and possibly with Perry Kitchen following up as well. Um, the LA Galaxy also getting ready for the MLS draft, Kevin, and it's not something the LA Galaxy have focused on in recent years. In fact, the LA Galaxy will pick second overall in the MLS draft that takes place on Friday, January 19th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This, of course, is following the 2018 MLS Combine, which will be down at uh, Orlando City Stadium in Orlando, January 11th through 17th. That is the Combine where you can watch some of the games being played, where all this college talent will be scouted and then uh, hopefully distributed and 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 sort of picked and, and prodded and, and found to have uh, some of the best guys who are coming. But the LA Galaxy do have 
four selections overall in whatever rounds you're talking about. Round one and round two are the most important ones. They have the second overall pick behind LAFC. That is their natural selection. And then they have a 40th round pick, uh, excuse me, a 40th overall pick in the second round um, as they pick 17th in the second round. And that was whenever they uh, acquired that position from the trade with uh, Vancouver, whenever they sent Brian Rowe there. So they got a second round pick for Brian Rowe. So the LA Galaxy will have a chance at picking some of the top players in the college game. Um, something they really haven't been able to do since 2009, when I believe Omar Gonzalez was their first pick uh, in that year. Um, and then uh, they also picked up AJ De La Garza in that draft as well. So Omar and AJ turned out very well. Um, and so it, now it's up to Siggy Schmidt to sort of follow some of that. And there are some players right now that... Uh, Kevin, if I told you Generation Adidas, do you know what that means with the Generation Adidas players? That's kind of like Gen X, right? Yeah, no. So it's the it's a special designation that MLS gives certain players, and there there aren't a ton of them. Um, in fact, I think let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe nine or ten players total that get this designation. And what it does is it basically assigns them to a contract in Major League Soccer. Uh, Major League Soccer goes out before any teams have picked them, and they say, hey young guys, you're some of the top players in the country coming out of college. We're going to offer you contracts um, and we're going to offer you MLS contracts. And then some team is going to pick you. And basically that means that your contract and your money does not count against the salary cap. That's, that's basically what it, what it means. It gives the, it's a bonus to teams who are um, picking early in the, these rounds to get some of these generation Adidas players without having it affect the salary cap at all. And some of these players can be, Really good, and so there are players and some good uh, some good players in this. Mo Adams from Syracuse. Um, you have Francis Atuani, and I'm going to say that, and it's probably wrong. A forward from Michigan. Uh, if you're looking at this, I would imagine the LA Galaxy are looking at the forward position. Kevin, it's a position of need, and I think that some of the best players in this in this draft class coming up are going to be in that forward position. I don't know what Siggy Schmidt is looking like. Haven't been around him long enough to know. Um, but if you look at it, maybe, and, and from my adopted team, my wife is, uh, is University of Maryland alum, maybe uh, Gordon Wild, who I actually have watched play, a forward from Maryland and was the 2016 Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, um, maybe he's a guy who the LA Galaxy have their eye on, and he's a generation Adidas player. So that's just sort of out there, throwing it out there. I just want everybody to know that's coming out, and the LA Galaxy will actually uh, be paying attention to the draft this year, which is something a, a little different overall. Well, you know, when I think of the draft, the only two football players I can think of are Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold, and I don't think that's the right football. You're so, confused uh, again. It's okay. <laughs> um, you're right. I mean, the Galaxy have had two players that, that, in my memory, going back to 2008 when Bruce Arena first came in, they've had two players they drafted that went on to contribute in a significant way to the team, and that was Omar Gonzalez and A.J. De La Garza. And I'm, maybe there's somebody else in there, but those are the two that I remember. Tommy Meyer uh, had a chance— was good for a little while, but but really never uh, built enough momentum to sort of win a, a, a starting spot for a long period of time. But the thing is, when they drafted Omar and they drafted AJ, they were coming off the poorest season in franchise history until this last one. So the point is, they were rebuilding. There was space. There was time uh, to develop players. They needed young players. And that worked out really well. So now you have another situation where the Galaxy need, some, uh, need to rebuild. They need to kind of start over. It's a perfect time to get a good young player coming out of college, as they did then with those two guys. And then you have Ziggy Schmidt, which, you know, for, uh, you know, if you love Ziggy, if you hate him, you look at what he did in Seattle. Christian Roldan was an Adidas player uh, that came out, a, a generation Adidas player that came out of the University of Washington, caught on. Ziggy wanted him. He used him in training. He was a young player. He gave him a shot. Jordan Morris, the guy that came out of Stanford. Now, he, I believe, signed with Seattle as a homegrown player. I don't know that he was drafted. But the point is, Ziggy has had some success, has had a little bit of a track record taking guys right out of college and turning them into MLS starters. And I think that bodes well for the Galaxy. And as you mentioned, if they sign Perry Kitchen, they're at 20, and they you know, they need 30. So um, there's some, some roster space there, uh, guys that they can bring along and, and give a shot. 
I am not a guy who favors somebody, uh, uh, a young player, a new player at either goalie or forward. I just think that the the pressure is just too much, uh, and and there's there's too much on their shoulders. Um, but you know what? They do need a they do need a striker. They do need someone that can put the ball in the net. And if the guy is 19 years old or 22 years old coming out of college and he can do it, um, obviously the Galaxy have a need for that. Well, uh, LA Galaxy insider Adam Serrano caught up with Siggy Schmidt, talked a little bit about the MLS Super Draft coming up. Uh, Siggy Schmidt in this article is quoted as saying, we spent a lot of time watching college games recently. We've had people all over the place consolidating our information. Right now, our assessment of the college pool is pretty good. We have a good understanding of who is out there. It, it's still a moving target, but we feel pretty good about where we are. So a lot of words to say not that much, except that they have been out there. I think that's the key information looking at this college class. And so they looks like they probably will make two uh, picks that could have an impact on the LA Galaxy roster in 2018. Kevin, you're absolutely right. I would say, uh, you know, AJ De La Garza, Omar Gonzalez are the two big names. I, before that and before Bruce Arena came aboard, it was Sean Franklin who got drafted in um, and had really got to make an impact on the LA Galaxy. I don't know how much this league now in 2017, 2018 now is... Uh, it can be, you know, sort of compared to what it was back then in 2008, 2009, because certainly there was a chance for college players to get starting minutes back then. I just don't think that that's a possibility right now in terms of he's they're going to come in and immediately be an impact. But I do think the LA Galaxy can find some depth here and find somebody who could be good in the future. And the fact they have the second overall pick means they are going to get a very good player. Um, it's just whether or not they can take that and, and move from the college game into Major League Soccer, which is a totally and completely different animal, and how quickly they adapt to that. So, Well, I, you know, one thing I think the Galaxy would be remiss, or, or maybe a little trigger shy is a better word, to use a lot of young, unproven players because they tried that last year. It didn't work. Is there a possibility they could draft somebody that say, oh, I don't know, Columbus might want and then trade them to Columbus because the Galaxy has a much higher draft pick? Happens in other sports all the time. And I will say you're right. It's difficult for a player to come right out of college into MLS and got a lot of minutes. The difference would be the exception would be expansion teams that don't have any players uh, that need to build their roster. Atlanta had uh, two draft picks. Uh, one that played that was a regular last year and another that played a lot of minutes and they were both draft picks. So I know, uh, you know, it's the hated LAFC. I think you'll see them drafting players that that you will see uh, playing a lot of MLS minutes. The Galaxy are, are, are in a different boat. I think you're right. I think, you know, depth is where they're going to go with that. But it would be interesting. It's not beyond the realm, but it's not it's not a Cristiano Ronaldo to the Galaxy pipe dream to say that maybe they draft somebody that another team wants and they package that in part of a trade to uh, either bring a forward in or to, to move somebody out. I, I was going to say, it's not that much different of a boat in terms of the expansion. With the LA Galaxy wiping nearly more than half their roster away, they're not in that much different. of a, It's almost like the Galaxy are an expansion team this year. They just had all three designated player f spots filled, so maybe it wasn't as much bang for your buck. It's it's a it's a large rebuild, so it wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all, Kevin, if whoever they get in that second overall pick does get some senior team minutes this year. I agree with you, though. You're just, you can't rely on them, and I think Siggy Schmidt is building a roster to not have to rely on those guys. So um, that's sort of where we sit. Right now, LA Galaxy, four picks in that uh, in that draft uh, coming up. And, and again, um, the, the draft is, is going to be a lot more interesting, I think, than it has been in the past. Uh, January 19th, 2018, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the MLS 2018 Super Draft. And before that, January 11th through 17th, obviously the MLS Combine. Again, you can watch that stuff on MLSsoccer.com. They play games and everything. You can sort of watch some of these guys. Um, but yeah, start tracking some of those names. And as we get closer and closer, I think that the, the clear front runner for number one and number two are sort of going to find themselves uh, out there right now. And, and we'll figure out where the Galaxy uh, land with that. All right. Let's see, is there anything... Ah, yes, there is one more thing I definitely wanted to get to, Kevin. Um, the LA Galaxy did announce, and I think they announced it even before we had our, our last uh, uh, podcast whenever I talked with Britt on Thursday, um, but the LA Galaxy have announced that the 2018 LA Galaxy season ticket member jersey launch party to unveil the team's new Adidas primary jersey will take place... I've seen it. I've <laughs> seen the jersey. So you're not going, then? You're just you're done? You've already seen the jersey? You're, you're out? That's the 21st. I'm going to be at the women's national team game in San Diego, and which gives me a a, uh, a segue into saying, you know, soccer in this country is 
is beginning to build. It's getting big. We've heard this, you know, for 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 decades. But why do uh, the different organizations in soccer in the United States continue to step all, all over each other? And, and I say that because MLS is having its media day on January 20th, which is a pretty big deal for the media and for the players and for the networks who come and shoot a lot of the the footage that you see, you know, uh, for the introductions and and and. Uh, and B-roll kind of stuff you see on the broadcast. They're going to do all that on January 20th. That's the media day for the U.S. women's team in San Diego. So presumably people such as myself or some of the network people that would be in town could go down and cover that. And then the Galaxy turns around. They hold their uh, jersey launch party on the 21st, the day of the game, U.S. women's uh, team against Denmark. It may look like a minor thing, but there are 365 days of the year. Isn't it possible that we can avoid some of these conflicts so that the women's team gets gets their due recognition, so that the Jersey launch gets its due res- recognition, so that Media Day gets its recognition? Uh, it just seems like the the, the soccer entities, can, who all work together, continue to, to stop uh, all over each other. And what could be three really big dates are now going to be kind of a just a mosh together. Yeah, I'll say this, and, and maybe it goes back to your point that soccer is making it in America. There are so many things now to do regarding the soccer calendar that they're going to overlap, and maybe it also shows there's a little bit more independence from MLS clubs being able to do whatever they want to whenever they want to. Not necessarily saying that's a that's a good thing in, in overall terms, because obviously combining any of these events or, or stepping over some of these events, just it's, it's difficult. I'm sure there was planning involved because this particular event, again, Sunday, January, January 21st from 6 to 9 p.m. for LA Galaxy season ticket members um, is being held, <laughs> excuse me, at the Novo at LA Live. This is a 2,300 guest concert venue um, that is basically created of uh, 59,000 square feet. Um, it's got a 40 by 30 stage, state of the art acoustics designed for live entertainment. I imagine that there had to have been some scheduling here. Here's the other thing that I sort of want to throw in there, Kevin. LA Galaxy, and they've done this before, so this is not completely out of line, but I'll tell you, it hasn't been done, I think, since 2011, maybe a little bit more, but the LA Galaxy going to downtown Los Angeles for an event, and they, I think they had a Christmas uh, party that was, uh, that was at LA Live this year, so I don't want to pretend like they never do it, but again, going to downtown Los Angeles for an event like this, um, they held one at a Grammy Museum. See, they've even done it since, I think, 2011. So there was one held at the Grammy Museum. I went there. I covered that. Um, there was a, a Jersey launch party on top of uh, of the Grammy Museum, I believe. So up on the uh, up on the outside bar that was out there. So that was that was one as well. But I find it very interesting that this year that they go back to downtown Los Angeles, um, rightfully so, just miles away from where LAFC is, and are basically going to use AEG, which they should be using to their advantage to host their Jersey launch party at someplace in LA Live at the Novo at a very, very nice upscale venue and be able to have this launch party here. I think it is a great move from a marketing PR standpoint. Um, I think they should do more of this and they should really leverage AEG and the AEG properties that can really leverage them above LAFC. There was an article that came out recently, Kevin, that ranked the richest soccer clubs in the world. Okay, Now, what it really was ranking was the people who own them. Okay, and the LA Galaxy were ranked 14th on that list because AEG is worth billions of dollars. All right, so it's time to start using some of those billions of dollars, some of that leverage, some of that, some of that AEG money and AEG properties to properly leverage the LA Galaxy in downtown Los Angeles. I think this is a great event for them, and uh, I think that they are on track with this. What? Any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, they, I think they had the victory party after the 2012 or 2014 MLS Cup. I think they had that at Staples Center. Uh, the reason they're doing it on the 21st is MLS at that media day that we spoke about, they are going to have all the players there in the new kits because when they shoot that uh, B-roll stuff for the networks, um, for their television partners, uh, the players will all be in their jerseys. And so it doesn't it, – it, stuff gets leaked all over the place and the Galaxy want to get out in front of that. So that's why they're having their their event on the 21st. You're right. I mean, AEG owns pretty much owns all of uh, LA Live. So having it there makes a lot of sense. It does plant the flag right around the corner from forget the the stadium, forget Bank of California Stadium, right around the corner from the a- LAFC offices there on Pico. Uh, it's a stone, it's a long corner kick away. So yeah, I think it does kind of I think part of that is for uh AEG to say we're still here, we're still relevant, we're in your, you know, you guys can't get away from us. I, I, I do think it's a good idea, and uh, you know, LAFC isn't going to going to launch their uh, first jerseys 
until the end of February. So it gives the Galaxy six weeks to get out in front of that. Five weeks. Yep, start selling those jerseys. That's uh, that's uh, how, how it needs to be for the Galaxy. All right, uh, that's all we have for uh, for the podcast in terms of our schedule content, but we do have some questions, and I'm going to try to go through some of these, although I think we have answered some of these, so I will acknowledge you, but also tell you that uh, we have answered some of that. Uh, let's see. Uh, at This Is Roe, he says, uh, will you guys be present at Jersey Party at LA Live? I will be there. At least I'm scheduled to be there. I'm supposed to leave for Scotland on the 22nd. So right now I should be there on the 21st uh, in, in order to be able to make that happen. So I will be there. Kevin, you said you're down covering uh, the U.S. women's national team, which uh, absolutely makes 100% sense. So uh, you should see me there, and I will be covering the event for that. So uh, that's one of the things. Um, let's see. Da-da-da-da-da. I'm reading. I'm scrolling through Twitter as we do this because I'm obviously very prepared uh, for everything that's going on uh, tonight. Uh, uh, Let's see. You know, Glenn Glenn uh, VW asks: uh, Is there a chance? Is there still chatter of bringing Ola Kamara over, or has it gone cold? I still say it's pretty warm, and there's a chance there. So everybody keep an eye on that. Um, Let's see. We're going through all this. As you're going through that, let me ask the quick question: When Ronaldo comes. Alessandrini already wears number seven, so who gets number seven? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's going to be such an argument that's about that. That's why he's not going to sign. That's right why there. it's that's that's it because because yeah. Roman said no, Cristiano Ronaldo, you can't have that. No, no, no. That's is it another Jersey Gate? Are we going to have to argue about it? Is that one of the things? Well, and Messi wears ten, and Gio's got that, so <laughs> you know, too bad. Uh, Brian Smith, he 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 asks on Twitter, is the club going to rely on college players, and if so, why? Well, no, they're not. So so that I like it whenever there's a second part that you don't have to answer, like on a questionnaire when it's like, have you ever done this? And if not, then you get to check one box. You get to skip a whole section. That's what that's what this question is for me. I get to skip a whole section. They're not really relying on the college players. They may draft two, uh, maybe four. Maybe they go all the way through all four rounds and draft four college players from the. It, it, they're going to be. I don't expect any of those guys to have a huge impact in the club. I do expect those first and second round picks to get some playing time on the senior team at some point um, this year. Somebody asked. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Let me. You like the two part questions. If they don't, why would they not draft four players? I know the answer to this. Why uh, would they not draft four players? Because they, they, they. Yeah, because they won't see that. They'll see that there's no value in the third and fourth picks. We've seen it about a million times, by the way. Bruce Arena was really good at passing on draft picks and making no picks whatsoever. Um, they'll see no value in those. And people say, well, how can there not be value? They, if you get to a certain point in the MLS draft and you don't have, you don't see anybody of value and you don't want to pick them up, you don't want to pay their weight, you have guys who you can pull from the academy, somebody like Efren Alvarez, for example, would you rather call him up or draft somebody in the third or fourth round? That's my take on it. Yeah, there is an expense. Yeah, that was my point. There is an expense involved. It's not a huge expense, but you know, MLS expenses are low to start with. So it does take... Uh, it does take some money away from your budget. Now, in the case of the Galaxy, their academy system is so good, and they have the the USL team that maybe someone who's a little bit of a tweener, uh, they could take him and say, look, you're going to go play in the USL. But the reason teams don't pick all these players and the, and the reason you see a lot of in the re-entry draft and the free agent draft, why every slot isn't taken is because there's an expense involved in all this stuff. And unless the guy fits into your plans um, – He's probably not going to show up and impress you enough in four weeks to make you change everything that you've, you know, decided to do in the off season. So there's uh, my point is there's an expense involved to this, and that's why a lot of uh, players and our teams rather just pass. Uh, at Captain Kerrigan, John he writes in and says, uh, Siggy wanted Legit to start practicing by the end of 2017. Did that happen? Yes, it did. By the way, he was able to sort of start training, and and we've seen videos of him uh, doing things that are definitely reminiscent of practice, although there's not anything organized as of right now. Um, and so, I, I, as I said earlier, he should be in camp with the Galaxy, ready to go on January 22nd. I don't anticipate any problems right there. Let's go to our last question here. Um, I'm sort of looking through the rest of them. Maybe if I can I can talk. People how, are asking... How do you know those videos are legit? <laughs> legit? <laughs> you didn't mean to do that, did you? That was unintentional. <laughs> how do you know? Oh, I was going to say, because they look like him? No, I get it. You meant legit, you know, and think, yeah, they could totally be fakes. I, I think people have enough time to just try to fool me all the time. Um, somebody at Mark, uh, Mark writes in and goes, drop some, some hints as to who the striker we are signing is. Don't you? Kevin and I are really bad at keeping secrets. Once we know something, we usually tell you guys, all right? Once we know something for sure, we're fairly confident. In even some of our guesses, uh, like whenever Kevin says there's no way Dom Dwyer is going to Orlando City, that, like, that was a good guess from Kevin and that went horribly wrong. But we tell you about these things 
uh, when they happen. So, uh, Mark, there is no hints. That, there's a bunch of hints at the beginning of this podcast, but there's nobody we're hiding in secret. Uh, it's our job, I think, to get it out, Kevin. We don't usually keep secrets, right? We're, we're usually pretty good about that. No, he's not. No, don't. Then somebody just said Pato. I'm going to find that person and smack. See, I want to smack people, Kevin. It's it. This is what the off season does to me. Uh, no, let's it's see. the dog. It's the dog. You're punch drunk. <laughs> That's it. Could be. It could be. Uh, let's see. Um, all right. Uh, this this last one is is um, it comes in from. Uh, oh no, it's Nick. I love trying to figure out these things. So there's some fun spelling in there. So oh knows he goes, how do you feel about the lack of communication coming directly from the galaxy? Is this normal? Is it concerning? All part of the plan to amaze and wow us? What do you think of Zardis being called up, which we already talked about? And any idea of who, who, who we can expect at the 28 kit release event? I mean, I think I, we can sort of hint on the 19 or 20 players that we've, we've touched on will probably be there. Uh, I know Rob Stone is hosting it um, from Fox, uh, from, from FS1. So Rob Rob St uh, Stone will be there, and I can imagine I'm probably going to be there. So I mean, those are some pretty good guesses of how it goes. Big celebrities, right there. I was going to me especially. Uh, how do you feel about the lack of communication coming directly from the galaxy? Do you feel, Kevin, like the galaxy are not communicating in this off season any differently than any other team that is in a similar position and isn't LAFC and gets to announce new signings on a regular basis? Absolutely. I think the Galaxy are trying to stage manage everything. Um, it, today, uh, Today's announcement was a good example. Jeff Carlisle printed the information that both those players had signed contracts. I called the Galaxy to confirm that independently. I mean, I know Jeff. He's, he's a good reporter, but doesn't get everything right. So I called independently to confirm that. And I was told there would be an announcement later this week, which means that we're going to wait and announce it on our own time. And finally, they did confirm it. But they want to stage manage everything. I mean, news is news. They, you know, um, And it's the same thing with Chris Klein when he signed his five-year extension. I asked for confirmation of that. And they said, we're going to have an announcement later this week. And I said, is it true? And they finally confirmed it, and they never did have the formal announcement. So they, they like to stage manage. Um, uh, and and I, think it, I, I really think it hurts them. I think fans want to know what's going on. Um, you know, I think a fan on, on a or supporter on a Monday who's kind of weighing whether or not he wants to buy season tickets or buy single game tickets uh, on a Monday. And then the Galaxy announced on a Thursday that uh, they've signed a player. I mean, they just lost four days. Uh, you know, yes. So I, the bottom line is I can go on forever. The bottom line is, yes, I do think that they uh, that withhold information. They try to stage manage things. And I, and I think it hurts them because I think it takes away from the amount of time they're in the paper, the amount of time they're talked about. Uh, the amount of rumors that are out there, um, you know, I, I, I just think it hurts them at the box office and it hurts them with supporters. I, I was going to say, you know, there is, and I'll say this uh, in a way I think everybody can understand it. If you want to be in the L.A. Times, uh, in terms of if you are the L.A. Galaxy or you are LAFC or you are a major sports team in Los Angeles, if you want to be in the L.A. Times, uh, you can get in the L.A. Times. You just have to want to be there. Uh, it's not, it, it, I, you know, Kevin, I don't want to make your job sound easy. It's not right. But at the same time, we both know that if, if people really want the coverage that you're happy to provide the coverage. I mean, there's, there's some really great things that are happening with soccer in Los Angeles. And I think Kevin, you're more than willing to write about anybody and anything at any time, whenever it comes to, uh, soccer. So if the LA galaxy want the coverage, they can have it. Um, that means and that just, just yeah. not the LA times, you know, yeah. Damien with the, with the LA daily news, orange County register, uh, does a good job. Um, you know, Nick Green with his 100% uh, soccer column every Thursday. Jeff Carlisle covers the team probably better than anyone, including me, you know, from for ESPN FC. Um, but he has to, you know, he has to continue to break things all the time because, um, you know, the Galaxy is not necessarily forthcoming with stuff. And that's fine. I understand that. You, the, the last thing I want is for the Galaxy to call and say, hey, we talked to six players today, might sign one of them. And because my response at that point is, well, call me when you sign one. What I don't like is when we do hear something or when we do have a tip from an agent or a player or whatever, when we call them and it's like, uh, we'll tell you in a couple days. No, that, you know, again, don't, you don't have to force feeds. I don't want to be force fed. I want to find the news on my own. But when I find it, and I've gone to the work to to find out what your team is doing. And I tell you, I'm calling to confirm this information so I can inform your supporters of what you have done with their money. I, you know, I'd like a little cooperation. Yeah, and I it, just don't think it's there all the time. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. So anyway, so that's I mean, that is what, you know, we deal with on a regular basis. And I don't know. Sometimes it's fun, Kevin. You and I have seemed to have a good time, but we spend a lot of time talking to each other on the phone, trying to figure this stuff out and trying to connect yeah. things and, and coordinate. 
and and soccer is very difficult because you're playing with you know if you're t- talking about college football or major league baseball team you're pretty much limited to the universe in the United States. You're not going to be getting somebody from Ghana to come play shortstop for the Dodgers. Soccer is totally different. You're dealing with the whole world. And when you're the LA Galaxy, you are the marquee, the premier franchise in MLS, um, a place where players love to come to the United States. The lifestyle is great. The paychecks always uh, clear the bank. Um, It's a place where players like to come. So when you – I'm going to dismiss the Cristiano Ronaldo thing, but when you hear about Ibrahimovic, when you hear about a lot of different players – and they say they're interested in the galaxy. You can't ignore that. So now all of a sudden, rather than just look at uh, college players from the 50 states or, or maybe other major league players, if you're covering the Dodgers, you have to look at all 200 and whatever it is, FIFA countries. Um, uh, you know, Players in any one of those countries might want to come play for the galaxy. You can't ignore it. And, and that's a very big beat to cover. Yep, it is uh, It is large and it is uh, exhausting on a regular basis, but we're glad that we can bring it to you. So that's what we do here on Mondays and Thursdays, uh, and Kevin graciously donates his time. I didn't tell him he's donating his time. I told him he got a raise, I think, what, took a couple shows ago? Um, yeah, I doubled my pay. I, I, I did. You know what? I'm going to triple your pay now. This is You've been doing an excellent job just in the first couple weeks, so triple your pay. Um, but Kevin donates all of his time. Um, and, and so, the, you know, this is what we're trying to do is bring you the best, most up-to-date information. And granted, what always happens, Kevin, is we finish the show on Monday and then stuff comes out on Tuesday. So hey, I'm well, sh- <laughs> yeah. But before you get away, if, because in case we don't do another pod, do we have to talk about the event on the 17th and the scarfs? Or is that too far? Away? That's actually it's, February. That's isn't February. It? That's February. We got some time. We got some time. It's coming. It's coming. They know. They everybody knows about the open house on February seventeenth, and that the scarves should be here as long as I can somehow figure out a way to pay for my dog's surgery. Uh, Piper Piper <laughs> will be at the party. Maybe. Right? We'll see if she can make it. I don't know if uh, we'll let her roam around or not. But yeah. We, we're going to do it at the open house at Corner of the Galaxy Studios. That's here, so that will happen on February 17th. I believe we're going to kick off at 9 a.m. Again, more information, more details, everything that's going to be included, all the fun that will be had here at Corner of the Galaxy Studios. And that is, again, just before the LA Galaxy will host the San Jose Earthquakes at the Great Park in Irvine. That is a preseason game that happens on February 17th. I believe it's at 2 o'clock. And so we'll basically go from 9 to 12 here and then head on over to the Great Park where uh, you can watch the LA Galaxy host San Jose Earthquakes in preseason action so that's that's the plan that's still in the works everything's going to happen i think kevin's even agreed to get up before like 9 30 10 o'clock in the morning in order to be down here for that um so yeah we'll see i'm not going to miss a chance to see the corner of the galaxy studios where people are going to be disappointed when they see that (laughs) don't you you were just here You were just here, and you said it was nice, right to my face. Oh, it's nice. It's nice, but it's uh, studios is a little bit of a uh, of a stretch. It's it's a studio. Studio, yes. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's studio G studios, as in you know, it's like a plural of the of the studio itself. There's not multiple studios. It's just no. It's just there are, yeah. there are not big big satellite dishes in the front and and microwave trucks. Or this is that. this is 2018. You don't need all that heavy hardware. All right, you need an internet connection and a good microphone, Kevin. Come on, I should do one of these days. I'm going to do a podcast about podcasting because there's nothing podcasters like to do more than talk about podcasting. If you want to just completely fall asleep, that's uh, certainly something we can do. All right, Kevin, anything else? You good? No, I think I'm talked out. All right, good. Thank God we're done. All right, here we go. Uh, Kevin is out of here. If you want to follow Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter at kbaxter11 and head on over to the LA Times where he writes about all things soccer, all things football, both types of football uh, on a regular basis. Uh, and we make them cover. They make them cover drag racing and sometimes hockey and everything else. So go on over to the LA Times. Read Kevin Baxter stuff. Comment about how, what a wonderful and enchanting weaver of words he is for the LA Times, because I'm sure his bosses would love to hear that. If you're looking for me on Twitter, at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com, where you can find all of our articles talking about uh, the new signings that are happening, and of course, the trade tracker, the rumor tracker, the signing tracker, all there on one page at cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right, for Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Guessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. 
Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.